This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Seven two seven back. Uh, so here we are at the at the junction of uh, Hillary and Trump, and everybody's stuck there, and uh, there's nothing we can do about it. So uh, last night on his show, Mark Levin uh, made this announcement to his audience. And so I think this is a binary election, at least for the country. Either Trump. Clinton will be president of the United States. I happen to think that Trump, despite the CNN poll and so forth, has a lot of work to do to make up ground, particularly in these battleground states. But Hillary's so awful, I just don't know. But this, I'm not in the prediction business. doesn't matter. So I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. I'm going to wind up voting for Donald Trump on Election Day. I take no responsibility for the dumb things he says, or the dumb things his surrogates say. Just as I took no responsibility for the dumb things any candidate I vote for says. Okay, uh, so there it is. And a lot of people are, you know, asking us about, uh, well, what do you think of this? Well, I mean, you know, he's been a really good friend through this. Yeah, and, and, he, and he makes his own decisions. Makes and his own decisions. And, and, and he's against a rock and a hard place like everybody. And he's made his, a decision yeah. here that, I mean, at least he wasn't on that bandwagon the whole time. Right, and no. I think like he's making a decision, and we've talked about this before. I, look, it's not what I'm doing, but I totally understand you if you're sitting there going like, oh, I just can't have Hillary. I'm just gonna go with Trump. Like it's not I, like I, I completely get that. I totally get it, and I, I mean, and, and Levin goes even further than that. He basically says this guy's terrible. <laughs> I mean, but I guess he's one percent less terrible than than her. Yeah. So I mean, again, you want to go down that road? I mean, I I have no problem with Mark Levin on that, and and. We've said this about many people who have made the same uh, choice. Uh, you know, I have not, and I was thinking about this um, last night a little bit. It'd be nice I, if we got the same consideration. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, from I mean, them. You know, it does not seem to be. Please. I, 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 and I, well, two things. Last night I was talking about thinking about this. I have not, to my knowledge, and I, there could be one example of this. I don't think that I have uh, convinced, tried to convince anyone out of that. Like, since we got past the primary, I don't think I tried to convince one individual person to change their vote away from Donald Trump. I don't think so either. I don't think no, so. Don't, don't. The only one I could kind of come up with was, 
we gave Brad mm. Thor a hard time on this. But, I mean, you know, I didn't never try to convince him not to vote for him. Because he was stronger than because us he was on so the strong. not Trump thing. Right. And here's a guy who considered running for president right. because Donald Trump was so bad. And then all of a sudden he's voting for Trump. So we gave Brad a hard time. But again, I don't I'm not I, I've not emailed him off the air to say, hey, Brad, what are you doing? You got to vote for Gary Johnson. I, I, I don't even know if I'm going to vote. I, I probably am. I keep saying I'm not going to vote for Gary Johnson. I, I still am trying to figure out a path to vote for somebody. But most likely, I feel like the most likely thing I will do now is just write in somebody. Uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, Ted Cruz, uh, potentially, even though he's specifically asked not to do that. But I don't listen to you, Ted. I'm an individual. I get to do what I want. Um, Has he specifically asked us not to do I that? I believe he specifically said, don't write, don't write me in. Why? Um, I think just because he's not even a candidate, your vote won't be counted, uh, you know, things like that. I, at this point, though, I mean, the election, you, know, you got to think about this in a weird way. If you're not in step with what we've done here on the show, the election is over to me. Mm-hmm. This is not a decision that has any validity. It's over. Both of these people are terrible. There are no good outcomes here. It's over to me. Mm-hmm. I am only interested as uh, as an onlooker. Um, but I, uh, beyond this, and I, barely interested even as that. Yeah, I for mean, me. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I like the I like the the stats and the history and and like I like the election process. So to me, it's interesting. Hey, this state could go this way. What happens there? But but only because I'm covering it. It's like covering a Milwaukee Brewer Kansas City Royals game. I I mean, I like baseball, but I don't really care who wins. I mean, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right, good luck, guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I can appreciate things that happened in the campaign. Hey, that was a great speech. Uh, that was a great play at third. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can get into it that way, but that's it. Mm-hmm. There's no one to root for here for me. Nobody. So, I mean, I, I, I'm probably looking at that as a different um, from a different perspective than a lot of people in the audience. This is over. Beyond that, I, 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 I asked this question. I should ask this on Twitter today. If we were a music show, we we all came from a music show background at one point in our lives. Um, we all worked for music shows, music radio. And what do you do on music radio? I'll call it and make a request. What song do you want to hear? And most of the time, they're not actually playing the songs you're requesting because uh, they're just already almost scheduled. Um, but but if we were like that still, if we took requests on the radio, what knowing how we feel about Trump. What would you want us to do? Like, if you could tell us what to do, what would your request be? Would it be for us to lie and say we like Trump? Would it be for us to completely shut up about the election and not mention it? Give us a call right now. 888-727-BECK. Make your request. Yeah, I'd like to hear. Uh, (laughs) Would it be us defending him inauthentically? We'll try to get it on for you. We'll try to get that on for you. <laughs> hey, here comes another half-assed uh, defense of Donald Trump that we don't actually believe. Is that what you want? However, what it's the all-request lunch hour with Pat and Stu, so give us a call right now, 888 Get those requests in. I just we'll don't actually understand take it. a request. Yeah. I would like to know what people would want us to do. Yeah. Would, think- would you want us to stick to our principles and values, or would you want us to say, no, we, we really we like Trump? Like, I think hey, Trump's pretty good. I suspect <laughs> the answer actually is um, what I want you to do is agree with me. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. want you to do it honestly. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't. 
that's not an option because I don't agree with you. So, well, I think Daryl Hall said it best when he said, I can't go for that. No can do. No, I, I, I can't go for that. Yeah, we played that last hour. Thanks for no calling. No can do. <laughs> Man but we'll get it on as soon as possible again for you later on. So, yeah, I mean, if you have a thought on that that we have in our, in our cupboard or whatever, feel free to call The real Don McKay will have that for you tonight. Uh, <laughs> he takes you all the way up to midnight. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. I don't know if we should take any calls on that, but it's, it's an interesting yeah, we'll thought experiment. It is. Because, because first of all, we don't take requests, and we're not going to listen to you. Uh, so that you should know that up front. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's a thought experiment really more for the audience. What would I want this person to do? What would I want out of a show? Do I want a show that will, I don't know, uh, praise immigration reform a few years ago and then now be on the opposite side of that because the, the temperature has changed or bash Julian Assange for being a traitor and now have him on the show and love Those him. are really specific in- Would you instances. want that who type. might you be discussing that? I, I don't have any examples. I'm just no, trying to make No, it sounds very specific. You've well, outlined I can't, I can't several. how you think it sounds. I'm just bringing up examples. Really? Of things yeah. where you would take one side of an issue. So you're and not talking about any person in particular like Sean no. Hannity or uh, anybody else. Like, Sean who? Like uh, a Hannity. I'm not even familiar with like the show. Like Sean My Hannity. My point here is. Because it's coincidental that he's actually done what you just mentioned. But like what? What is That's the weird. path to please you? What would it be? Because wouldn't you think this show sucked if we were like, you know what? I got to say, Donald Trump is the man. Now, maybe you could say you want us to do the Levin thing where uh, we say, um, look, Donald Trump sucks, but, um, you know, we're we're probably going to wind up voting for him anyway. And that's probably what a lot of Trump supporters would say. That's what they want from us. But think about what you're asking here, because listen to Mark Levin's show over the next few weeks. T- tell me you're going to be comfortable with it. You're not. He's going to be. He is not going to back down from criticizing Donald Trump just because he's going to hold his nose and vote for the guy. The guy cares too much. And it's not going to be good enough for you. It's not going to be good enough for you. No, you're going to complain not. about that too. You're going to still not like what he's doing now. So I, I mm-hmm. don't know what what people would want. I'm again. It's the same thing with the election. I'm interested to hear what you would theoretically want, but I don't, I'm not going to listen to it. I don't care. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I, we're not, we, and I hope, man, because I know this is how I am with shows. I would hope you would reject this show if we catered to what you wanted. In an issue, like, if, if it was something like, okay, well, I'm sick of you guys talking about, um, you know, uh, uh, knitting every day, and I want you to talk about politics. Okay, that I understand. We maybe should cater to you if we're like big time knitters. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're not talking about politics or, or other things that you care about. I, okay, that's, that's sort of catering I understand. But when it comes to opinion, when it comes to principle, I, there is no, I would never listen to a show that I believed did what the audience seems to want us to do, at least part of the audience, which is to say, hey, you know what? Sure, we don't think Donald Trump is a good guy, but because we, uh, we because of some other motivation, um, you know, we think uh, uh, Hillary Clinton's bad too, or we think the audience doesn't want to hear our opinion on Donald Trump, so we're gonna we're gonna hide it from you because we think you guys can't handle it. We have more faith in you than that. And of course, this audience has been overwhelmingly clear with how they feel about Donald Trump. They made him the grand nozzle of the douche Hall of Fame. So I realize I'm talking uh, past this audience at some level, uh, but you know, there are enough of people. Enough people who listen to the show that aren't maybe the biggest fans or aren't going to go vote on the Douche Hall of Fame poll. 
And I, I, I'm just curious as to what you would even want. What outcome would make you happy? Other than us going back in time and praising Trump from the beginning, what mm. outcome would make you happy here? Mm. All of it is either us lying or you not getting what you want. Um, the only other option, I think, unless I'm missing one, and I'd love to hear from you, 888-727-BECK, is us shutting up completely and talking about BYU football every day, which, again, I think one member of the team would be happy with that. Definitely. I don't know who that would be, but I'm pretty sure one At of least us would one. be. Uh, this might turn you around, though, Stu, because okay. uh, Trump was powerful yesterday. Uh, he was at a town hall in Virginia, and he had some choice words for the Internet and North Korea, and here it is. What do you see just overall as your strategy for North Korea? Well, it's not that they've done some unbelievable things, but they're in the process of doing some unbelievable things. Believe me, I mean, they're very belligerent. They have no <laughs> respect for our country. Unbelievable, believe me. None whatsoever. And <laughs> we have a situation that's a potential catastrophe. We have somebody that truly does have mm. nuclear and nuclear capability. He's Cyber is becoming so big today. He it's know, becoming uh, something yeah. that Cyber. a number of years ago, a short number of years ago, wasn't even a word. And now the cyber <laughs> is so big. And, you know, now you look cyber. at what they're doing so with so the big. Internet, how they're taking, recruiting people <laughs> through the Internet. And it's part of it is un- the psychology because so many people real. think they're winning. And, uh, you know, there's a whole big thing, even today's psychology, where CNN came out with a big poll. Their big poll came out today that Trump uh-huh. is winning. It's good psychology. You know? It's good psychology. Wow. I mean, that's as butt stupid as it gets. A- anything he doesn't understand or know is just big. And he thinks he'll cover it up by talking about how big it is. The nuclear is really big. And, of course, we have to have the nuclear. And he just mentioned that again. The nuclear what? The nuclear weapons? He can't even say that much. Nuclear missiles? Nuclear what? Nuclear power? The cyber. And then then from the nuclear to the cyber, which he has no understanding of. Yeah, that's a really revealing clip. Really Uh, amazing. From several perspectives. One, he doesn't seem to know what cyber warfare is. Um, cyber warfare is not ISIS recruiting people on the internet. That is not what cyber warfare is. Right. Cyber warfare. When you're talking about that, you're talking about hacking. You're talking about. Uh, you're talking about uh, going through and 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 disrupting power grids because of things like that. That is not a. It's not about like going on message boards and saying, "Hey, do you want to blow things up in your community?" That's not what it's about. That's not what cyber warfare is. Um, so that is right there, bizarre. It's interesting, though, his, his, I didn't catch this the first time I saw this clip. His, his psychology comment is revealing um, because he's talking about the wrong issue, that, you know, recruiting people online. And he says part of it's psychological in that you get online and you find a group that agrees with you and it makes you feel good and it makes it feel like you're winning. Right. That was his point. Mm-hmm. Does that not describe his entire experience on the Internet? Oh, I mean, he constantly finds solace in yeah. his Internet followers who retweet him. Yeah. That is a kind of an amazing thing. Uh, CNN's doing a press conference. But look at the look at the banner on it. Uh, Trump. Clinton has taught us our cyber vulnerability. So he's probably gotten so much flack for the big cyber from yesterday that people sat him down and actually told him what cyber warfare was about. Yeah. And he needs to bring Clinton into it. And so now he's trying to explain. He does this every single time. Same thing happened with abortion. 
Yep. And who needs to be punished if abortion were illegal. And the nuclear triad had happened. Nuclear triad, mm-hmm. same thing happened every single time. The man is the most clueless candidate who has ever run for office. It's really well, it's so dangerous. And there's a multi-step process here, which is he comes, he gets asked a question that he doesn't know anything about. He says it's big and powerful. Yeah. Uh, and it's important. Yeah. Um, and then he says, we're going to handle it. Believe Terrific. Me. Phenomenal. Uh, so he goes through that, that typical pattern of, of, of handling it, gets off the air. His advisors tell him, here's the issue and what, what they were talking about. Here's the response for it. And he comes out and says it. For yep. People think that he's not controlled by these people. He's not controlled by them, but he is heavily influenced. The, in, the interview that came out, uh, he was going to talk to the, the uh, African-American pastor. And as you would expect, and this is not a bad thing, his campaign gave him word for word answers on what, what he was going to be asked and what he was going to answer. Now, that doesn't mean he uses that. And that is a very typical thing. But the problem is he's coming from such a hole in the ground of knowledge. Yeah. He's not even even slightly familiar with these issues, so he's he knows they're all big though. to come a long distance. They're all big. Yeah. And they're all Cuz why would they ask you about it if it wasn't important? So that he knows he feels safe going there. <laughs> it's oh, exactly right. very important. It's uh, exactly right. So we were talking about this off the air today with uh, mm. some of the guys in the crew. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if they just started asking fictional questions to him? Like, you know, what about what do you feel about Skynet? Like from a movie, yeah. I, he would answer if it, he, would. See, he might be familiar yes, he with would. Skynet because it's a more co- you know current yeah, reference. But if you went into some deep like, what do you think of the defibrillation problem? Thing, right, he'd be like, well, defibrillation well, is a huge a big, problem. It's, it's a big problem. It's a big problem. And we we, we were it's talking big. about it's this. Uh, it's big, you know. But this is you got to have management, <laughs> and this is how you handle it. Believe me, we will we will stop that. <laughs> yeah, like, he'll just pick it up by context, and then he'll go into the break. But I mean. You honestly wonder if it would be interesting. Like, uh, I wish a comedian would just go up to this guy and ask him questions like that in a serious fashion. What was the guy, Ali G? Remember Ali G from uh, 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 the guy who was Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah. um, who did uh, Borat and all that stuff. He used to do that with real politicians. There's one clip he did with Ali G was like kind of the fake rapper character. And when she interviews, like, I want to say it was Newt Gingrich or something back in the day. Mm-hmm. And he's going through these issues, and they're just so asinine. And, and then people play along with it because they think it's a real interview. There's one with Donald Trump in here, too. An allergy with yeah. Trump? Oh, I didn't know that. That would be interesting to yeah. see. But, I mean, that's what he does. He, he would just mm-hmm. assume it was something he didn't know about, act like it was important, play along with it. Then he'd go to break. Everyone would start mocking him, and he'd say, I knew. I was just, I was just you know, going along with it because... You know, I knew what he was doing the whole it's time. What he, that's what he does. He just, he's, and, and, guys, and let's, yeah. you know, let's not blow that off. What he's doing is lying. Mm-hmm. He's lying to you. Mm-hmm. He's act, the, the guy who might be president of the United States is acting like he knows about things he doesn't know about, know about. And then in public is talking about them. You think that works out well when you're actually in office? <laughs> no. It's a really bad idea. No. You know, because nuclear is so powerful and big. And the cyber. What about the cyber? The yeah, cyber is you. big, mm-hmm. and it's important, and we have to do something about the cyber. Yeah. And we have to do something about the nuclear. And, you know, most of us are in a cyber or a nuclear thing that so it's big. 55%, I believe, is the number. Yes. Uh, that are in uh, danger zones. Although the nuclear and the cyber can affect really anywhere, Pat. Um, what? Yeah. Well, true. yeah, I know, because they're big. Because they're so big. So and we've got to do something. The so devastation big. is so very it, important. It's terrific. The de- <laughs> devastation is terrific. Uh, but there's also a good chance natural disasters could wipe out everything you have, uh, not to mention man-made disasters. So 
if there's any way to get prepared and mitigate these problems, wouldn't you do that? Yeah, and yeah, like, look, you don't know when the food chain is going to be disrupted, whether you're going to be able to get any food from, from your local store. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, look at this uh, situation going on uh, with the hurricane. That was kind of a minor hurricane went through, and now it's kind of like churning around on the west, on the east coast. Jeffy, do you, what's the update on? What is it, Ermine? Yes. Uh, is it a tropical it, storm? It's yes. not yet. Yeah, when it made landfall, it made landfall as a hurricane, though. Right. Oh, and then it, but then it crossed the country. Oh, and they're saying the big deal is now, or at least they were worried that now would be the time. It's a lot of trouble because it's dumping rain and staying in the same area. Oh, right? Right? Um, that's what Allison did yeah. in Houston. Yes. And, um, and Sandy as well. Was, yeah. That was a big part of that as well. Uh, so what, what's is that over yet? Do we know? It's still heading up the east coast, but it's almost done. Okay, it's so it wasn't. It's the huge really. disaster. But they were worried that it would cause more flooding than uh, they had seen in, in you know generations. Wow. Um, and it you know I guess didn't wind up really going that far. But when you have a situation like that. You could be uh, in your home. You could be uh, unable yeah. to get to a store. You could be unable mm-hmm. to get to an ATM. Stores uh, might be closed. Yeah, and then the cyber adds on to that. You might not even be able to get online. And don't even start Ooh. on the nuclear. Yeah, right, even the nuclear. So. so you need four weeks of emergency food. <laughs> this is a long way of telling you that $99 will buy you that for My Patriot Supply. It's pretty. Yeah. It's a great deal, and it's, it's going to last for up to 25 years, and even a year after being opened. So please, don't wait for a disaster to strike. Get prepared right now. Just order online. It's really easy. Go to theblaze.com. Uh, or call 888-411-5290, limit two per caller. Again, it's online at preparewiththeblaze, preparewiththeblaze.com, or call them at 888 In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Triple eight seven two seven. Beck, we suddenly take requests and we mean it. Hi, we want to hear from you. What should we be saying? What should our opinions be? It's the all request lunch hour here on Patch Two. If you tell us what our opinion is and we accept it, you'll win entry into a contest that could result in something. Plus a Hardy's gift certificate for a free French fry. That's not guaranteed. Not not a whole box of them, but just one French fry. One fry. One fry coming your We're way. We're made of money here, folks. All you got to do is convince <laughs> us how to think. That's all you got to do. Call now. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Let's go to our first caller. Yeah, it's you guys Jim. are great. I listen all the time. I just want to send a shout out to Ted. Where's your shout out? No, right. no, you're not on, uh, no, you're, sir. But I want to send you're, not, you're not our caller. Sorry, press the wrong button there. Let's go to Jim <laughs> in Maryland. <laughs> Jim, you're on the uh, Pat and Stu show. Hey, Jim. I'll take the French fry. Thank you very much. <laughs> all right. I don't yeah. want you to. I've been holding since you were talking about taking the request. Right. I, I, I don't want to make a request of you except to, to listen and disagree with me. 
Mm. And and disagreement is fine. It's one of the greatest things about our country. Right. But I do want you guys to stop being silly about it. There's no need for you to worry about whether people are going to like you or not. They're not. People are going to yeah. hate you. Yeah, we're not Just worried about it. Because of your views. That's what's wrong with our country is we can't have civil discourse. I like disagreeing with you because that makes my mind a little stronger because it makes me think. Right. But the okay. thing is, I believe that I have no choice but to vote for Donald Trump because if I don't, Hillary Clinton is going to set in stone everything Obama has done to enslave our country. And if mm -hmm. I have to go to war because Mr. Hairman starts a war, mm -hmm. well, at least I know that my countrymen will be fighting by my side, my brothers and sisters. So when I die, the police and the, and the military will be behind me. If Hillary Clinton gets in office, hmm. I'm not going to have my daughters and my granddaughters have to wear a burqa and may get stoned to death because <laughs> a man rapes them, which is what I believe she'll do is give it more and more to Sharia law. Holy and cow. Say, oh, no, we want to be politically correct. An so intense I, just, world. I feel like I'm stuck between a stone and a hard place. If I don't yeah. vote for Donald Trump, I feel like some of those other people who say, well, I'm voting for Hillary by proxy. So it's just okay. yeah. I mean, you should. I'm not disagreeing with you guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I love hearing you talk, even though sometimes I disagree with you yeah. because I'm a reasonable person. So just and so well, that, we'll, that's clear. We'll, we'll address your uh, your comments here in a second, Jim. But just to just to make sure I understand, your recommendation would be that we just continue to do what we do, which is say what we believe, and then take calls and get challenged, and and just keep going the way that we go. You wouldn't want us to change exactly, the way we present because it. I yeah. want to disagree with you. I want my mind yeah. to get stronger because, believe it or not, I'm a feeble-minded old man. <laughs> All, right, All right. Thanks, Jim. Jim. We appreciate it. This makes my mind get stronger as far as I'm concerned. All right, well, man. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Um, by the way, um, you know, you will be happy to know, I think, that uh, your vote won't count at all because you're in Maryland. Um, so, and Hillary Clinton's uh, going to win that state. Yes, in fact, I think it's actually her strongest state in the union. Right is now. it really? Yeah, which is Maryland. Maryland, yeah, over um, New York. At least according to that fifty-state uh, uh, breakdown hmm. that the Washington Post did, I believe Maryland was uh, the yeah. strongest state. Now, of course, you still vote your con. I, I believe you still vote your conscience. I mean, because it's funny because oh, yeah. they always say, oh, it's a binary choice." And it's like, well, if you know your candidate's going to lose, and you know your vote isn't going to change that, what? Why? Why not just vote for Hillary? Yeah. Right. So the reason you're not voting for Hillary is because you know there is a potentially possible. Uh, I thought that maybe Trump could win. Right. So you you consider that and 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 you want to vote for your conscience, something that mm -hmm. you feel okay doing. Uh, and you know it's an interesting thing because people keep saying it's this binary choice. There has been since. Oh, gosh, I don't even know how far we're going back. To, since George Wallace, go back to George Wallace, there has been one election since George Wallace in which there is a third-party candidate in double digits. One. Right now, there is a third-party candidate in double digits, a guy who's getting 25% in some states, tw over 20 in some states, 25% in New Mexico. Now, I'm not saying that Gary Judson's a good choice. I've argued strongly that he's a pain in the ass, to be perfectly honest, and he constantly wants to talk me out of voting for him. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there is no reason to think right now, before one debate has happened, that this is a binary choice. At the very least, you should be looking mm -hmm. at the lesser of three evils here, and that you could theoretically argue for, but Jill Stein is really not doing much of anything. Kerry may disagree with you a little bit on your uh, some of your uh, words about uh, Gary Johnson. Oh, okay. Uh, let's let's uh, find out. Kerry in Oklahoma. Hi, you're on the Pat and Stu show. Hi. Hi. 
Uh, yeah, I do. I do disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Gary Johnson is not as bad as you guys think he is, and you seem no, to I, be. I think he's worse than I think he is. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Well, we've had him on the air twice, and I've looked at his positions on many on on every issue that I care about. But so I don't know what we're missing there, but why don't you fill us in? Yeah, what's your case? Okay, well, Pat, your really big issue is immigration. Yep. And yesterday on Glenn's show, Glenn said twice that he's an open borders guy, and mm-hmm. Stu said he doesn't want to secure the border at all. Right. Uh, I think that might have been Pat, guys, but, but we've all said something like that sure. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And? Have you guys Suppose seen he. his op-ed on CNN? About immigration. Now, we talked to him in person, or on the phone at least, but personally uh, about this topic. Um, but I, I don't think I have read the, the CNN app. And, and, and his quote was something to the effect that open borders is, of course, uh, very appealing to me. But, and I'm like, what? But open borders is saying. appealing to you? No, it's it's not that it doesn't work, even. It's that you can't he's, do it no, right now. About, but he wants to. Like a, a utopian world. You know, we all like the idea. I don't like the idea Jesus. of open borders. Like that's a idea. wrong-headed buffoon who, who thinks oh, that's listen, a good idea. Uh-huh. Okay, wait. So. Listen for a minute. Okay, he's saying we all like <clears throat> the idea of, you know, Jesus coming back, and we live in, like, this wonderful world where we don't need borders. But, he's saying, but it doesn't work. Well, he, and if you he, look, never, if he never references Jesus coming back. I've never heard him do that. I know. I'm trying. I'm trying to. Explain okay. Well, I think you're trying to explain his point, and that's not his point. But anyway, go ahead. What is his point now? Okay. Yeah, what is On C- CNN, he mm-hmm. says that it's a lot like the Mormon Church policy that um, un- undocumented immigrants should be allowed to mm. square themselves with the law, and then you know get a social security number and pay taxes, but no cutting in the line, no special path to citizenship. And, and he wants immigration reform that would allow the free market to govern how many migrant workers we have coming in. And where is the border security package in that? The border security, he says, then becomes much more simple because mm-hmm. then you aren't. Um, so like David, D- David Beer from the Cato Institute, mm-hmm. the, the immigration policy guy there, he says, that whenever, whenever we do that policy that Gary Johnson lays out, lays out that the illegal immigration goes way down. And so then when you're securing the borders, you are only blocking those people that want to hurt us, only the drug dealers and only, um, only the terrorists well, instead of, you know, the people who are, well, who are coming for it, jobs. It's a great, I mean, that's a, it's a great plan, except for the fact that that doesn't work. What works is securing the border first and then dealing with the people you have here. You have okay, to enforce well, you, the laws you, you that we to. have. That was Pat, but yeah, I, I, we don't sound that. No, no, but oh. Stu, I'm talking to you oh, now, okay, Stu. Okay, sorry. You have to look up <clears throat> David Beer, and he has all well, of David, these. Um, but we're really talking awesome about Gary Johnson. What is his? And you know, I love the charts and the graphs. So you know, I'm with you on that. Now, the Cato Institute, which I like quite a bit, is uh, pretty open borders. I mean, at least as it as it relates to our generalized conversation about this topic, they certainly would be on that side of things. I mean, libertarians in general, and it's not every libertarian, Ron Paul was not like this, Rand Paul is not like this, um, uh, tend to favor um, open getting borders. closer, to, as close to open borders as we possibly can. I'm, I'm willing to look at Johnson's uh, op-ed. I, I know, I mean, what he reflected to us 
was not a strong position on the border. And he talked to us personally about that. So I didn't need twice. I, right. Yeah. Yeah. Twice now. Because that's because that is that is, as you know, Pat's big issue. And well, it's so, one of them. But but, but I mean, I, my biggest probably there's right? there. Yeah, it's probably my number one issue. Um, but there's also abortion. He's pro abortion. Carrie, and that's OK with you. Yeah. That's okay with you? Um, no. No. It's, you've got to keep one thing in mind, that I live in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. There's going to be three people on the ballot, and there are no write-ins. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's an obvious choice for me. I want to vote. So. Because, yeah, cause I, and that, I want to know what I'm voting for, so that's why I'm really looking at Gary Johnson. I, I, I'm decided, but I, I want to know what I'm doing. And I really I respect not, you for, for taking this time and actually thinking about it. I mean, yeah, I will say great. that because Oklahoma is, 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 is even worse than Texas when it comes to ballot access. So yeah. you're not going to have any choices. You're right. And, and, and I always make this argument to Trump people. They're always like, well, look, it's a lesser of two evils. You've got to make a choice. If you want me to do that, you don't want to know the answer to that. It's never going to end in Donald Trump. It's going to end in Gary Johnson. If I'm going to vote for the lesser of evils, I'm going to do that. There's going to be the lesser of three evils in that case. Right. And And, and then they try to say, well, it's a binary choice. Is he better than Hillary and and Trump? Yes. I I mean, I guess. Yes. But only marginally. um, Only marginally. You yeah. should talk to Daniel Hannon about Gary Johnson. He talks about the the abortion and the gay marriage thing, and he says it doesn't really have anything to do with the presidency. Well, you yeah, know, but it's, I, it's I'm, already yeah, the law. I, I don't buy that. Yeah, I don't. Buy um, that. Um, so uh, again, there's like, also I mean, Supreme Court justices to consider, and he won't be good on that because he doesn't care about. He doesn't. Um, he's out. His original intent. Same thing Ted Cruz says. No, 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 absolutely not. Wait a minute. Again, no, I, I, no, no, I, no, I love no, you, Karen. No. I, I do really appreciate you calling out. But, but very specifically, the Johnson Weld ticket identified Breyer and Merrick uh, Garland as their two ideal yeah. justices who I mean, are horrifically really terrible. That is not Ted That's Cruz. Not Ted oh. Cruz. He, did, he did say original intent, but he followed it with his vision of original <laughs> intent, which was Merrick Garland and Breyer. Kerry, the guy said he agrees with Bernie Sanders on 75% of issues. The man is a socialist. So how does a libertarian agree with a socialist on any issue? Any issue. And right. he laughed about he's, that on on the Glenn yeah, Beck radio program. I mean, program. he's terrible. So he didn't even didn't even he's, know his audience. He's terrible. Which is, yeah. which is but, bad. But you're right. We're bad. all between a rock and a hard place here. So I don't know what you do. I yeah. honestly don't. And, and we we respect what you're yeah. what you're thinking. I mean, I really with. I want to see him in the debates. And yes. so I don't, yeah, I I don't want to badmouth him. And I don't want to say things. I don't want you guys to say things about him that aren't true. I mean, if you well, want we're to not say saying anything about him that's him. not true. We heard it from his own mouth. He's terrible on but immigration. It's, it's terrible. It's not open borders. I mean, Cato, the Cato Institute stated the Cato Institute. What did they say? Cato, Cato Institute's stated plan is pretty much what they would. Their ideal is yeah. open borders. And mm-hmm. you keep saying that, like, well, it doesn't matter what his ideal is because he's not going to get there. Well, Barack Obama likes socialism. He's not going to get there. But the problem is his he's motivation is getting direction. closer to it, which yeah. is not what I'm looking for. What we'll get from Gary Johnson if he were elected yeah. is amnesty. Period. Right. I, we'll get amnesty. I don't think we get. I will say this. I don't think we get anything worse no from Gary Johnson than we would get from Trump or from uh, Hillary Clinton on this issue. I don't think there'd be a. Uh, I think Gary Johnson's probably thought it out more than Donald Trump, um, and both him and Hillary Clinton would be very much uh, uh, on the amnesty mm. bandwagon, or at least again wh- how we describe amnesty in this debate and have for many many years. Yeah. Um, you know. It, it, I, I, you might have the only thing you might the only difference you might have here is you might get the status quo with Hillary because 
the Republicans will fight against whatever she does. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might keep it where it is. Every other option, honestly, is going to get worse. Donald Trump is not going to do jack about the border. Not, he's not going to do anything about it. He, there's no chance of him building that wall. There, obviously, there's no chance of this de- deportation force he's already backed off of, which I wouldn't want anyway. Um, you know, he's going to do a, a big fat zilch on that. Uh, and Hillary might try something, but probably won't be able to get anything passed. Yeah, she'll continue the Obama policies. But Carrie, we feel your pain. We do. Isn't Carrie we Underwood from Oklahoma? It's not. It's not you, is it? Because I, I, Carrie Underwood does call me from time to time. Carrie Underwood. Yes. Wow. But yeah, this so. is not her, right? So it's not you, right, Carrie? No. Oh, you'll never know. <laughs> oh. Thanks, Carrie. Well, Appreciate if it is Carrie Underwood, I agree with you on Johnson 100. <laughs> percent Everything you just said, I agree with. It's, Too late. I'm, I'm going to fess up. I am Carrie Underwood. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I knew it. Wow. I knew it. Um, I will really? say. Say I, a little something for us, I, then. I, I am, Carrie, honestly, <laughs> desperately <laughs> trying to vote for Gary Johnson. Every day I wake up trying to find another pathway to vote for this guy. So I will. There's no pathway. I will reject the uh, what he said to us on the air. Mm-hmm. I will go back and read the CNN uh, editorial, and I will try for the nine thousandth time to convince myself that I can check that box. And talk to Daniel Hannon. Do that too. All right. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Hannon. Because great. there's nobody to turn to better than a British citizen right, for I mean, who we should vote for in America. Karen, well, you, th- you think you we do respect Daniel here to the Mercury Studios, and you know, maybe you can do performances with us. And no, we'll she knows we've interviewed him, and we do respect him, and I like him a lot. But uh, yeah, again, we feel your pain, Pumpkin. We do. More patents too uh, coming up. Gary Underwood, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Gary Underwood, right there. I just get so many texts from her. You know, it's mostly text these days. It gets uh, almost irritating, right? It does. It's like, Gary, aren't you on tour or something? Yeah, yeah. You know, take I a break. And the videos. Oh my gosh. I mean, they're just defensive at times. Coming up, Gary's gonna talk about his campaign on Fox News. Uh, Carrie up in Oklahoma was just trying to explain to us uh, some of the positive fruits of the Gary Johnson campaign. A libertarian who apparently has about 75% of the policies of a socialist. Uh, <laughs> Figure that one out. Yeah, he's about to outline that for you. Uh, yeah. I'm doing a great Gutfeld show. Now, he does. He, uh, he will give <laughs> passing mentions to, oh, you know, free markets. <laughs> And also, oh, let me give you 19 examples of the types of, uh, of marijuana we should legalize. I like love just that. the passion that's with a, Johnson. That's an issue for me. That seems I, it's just burning hot. And again, I, like, I would say, because we it did is. a big show on this. Mm-hmm. We did a big show on this, and we didn't all agree on it. But we had people come in from both sides of the drug argument. Remember mm-hmm. this, like, last year? Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. and what should we do? What, what should our policy be? And I honestly think it be all these things being federally legal... I am fine with. I think states should be able to make up their minds on what happens after that. But I am fine with that. Um, so, but it's like a thousandth yeah. on my priority level. I don't care about whether marijuana is legal. I'm and not gonna. I, I think most Americans yeah, are it's like, in that same boat. Unless you smoke it, then it's the only it's thing you talk about. Boat, uh, uh, okay. You know, I mean, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and people who smoke it and don't like the fact that they're doing something illegal and want to do something legal are very passionate about the topic. And it's not I as big that. as the cyber, though. It's not as big as the cyber. It's just not as big as the cyber or the <laughs> nuclear. Very few issues are as right. big as <laughs> the cyber. So here, listen to this. This is on Greg Gutfeld's show. And he mentions a couple of 
right-wing things. But where okay. do you think his priorities are in this, uh, in this uh, segment? Watch. What do you want to do if you were president? What do I want to do? Yes. Well, no. um, I want, I, I want to reduce the size of government. Which, I, I believe that okay. um, less money out of my pocket is, uh, is a good thing. Great. Mm-hmm. And then stand up for civil liberties. Okay, what are those? So included in those civil liberties, of course, uh, of legalizing course. marijuana, Number marriage one. equality, mm-hmm. woman's right to choose, Three. and then let's woman's stop right with choose. the uh, military interventions, oh, okay. right. with regime change that has resulted in a less safe uh, world. You know, How's it, that for starters? Let's, terrible. Let's, uh, let's bring the world together with free markets. I, you know what, I like you because you're, you're for yeah. free markets and free minds. And I think you're like a sleeper candidate. You're like a, you're a two-term governor, oh, but you're terrible. also kind of goofy. <laughs> right? Well, he's got a comedy show, right? Sleeper <laughs> candidate. Sleeper uh, candidate. Sleeper candidate. Oh, uh, man. What's God. goofy? What's goofy, I man? No, because you know... You, All you, of it. <laughs> what? Oh, man. What you you are okay, you this... are the next president. <laughs> I mean, look, it's a comedy show. He's yeah. trying to be funny, and he's not funny. So it's hard. Um, he's not doing well there. Uh, you know, and the thing is, as I'm watching that, I was thinking to myself, and I, I'd seen the part of that clip at the beginning, but I hadn't seen the whole clip. As I was watching him, even when he's being serious, he's just goofy. I mean, you want to talk about an easy built-in Donald Trump nickname, Goofy Gary, rolls off the uh, 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 tongue very easily. Mm. And he is. He's just goofy. Now, again, we're talking about him being the best of these three options if you had to pick one, which, by the way, you don't. Uh, but if you had to pick one, it's one of those three options. Uh, I would probably pick Gary Johnson um, because I, don't, I, I think there's almost no chance of Gary Johnson being a dictator. He's too goofy. <laughs> there's a, has there ever been a dictator that's that goofy? I don't know. I mean, I like my dictators. I don't know. But even like yeah, Turkmenbashi was not goofy. He did goofy things, but he was not a goofy person. Uh, I can't think of any. The Kim Jong Il dictator. Being goofy. Well, but a lot of it's family, though. Remember, a lot of it gets passed mm. down. Uh, the guy in Swaziland is is pretty is pretty goofy. And, and let's not forget the guy. Uh, the guy. Uh, another huge issue with this guy: religious liberty. I mean, he yeah. continually talks he about sure marriage equality. He definitely stands up for homosexuals. He yeah. definitely stands up for transgendered well, and, and fluid and all and that he, stuff. But he will not stand up for Christians who don't want to participate in a ceremony they have a fundamental religious objection to. No, that's that's terrible. Oh, it is, that's terrible really libertarianism. By the way, I mean, we, we don't have to carry on the anymore. But, I mean, you know, he also supported, supported, su- supported Barack Obama's uh, executive order on amnesty. Um, he supported uh, really that. That is terrible. Really and it's bad. not just bad from an immigration standpoint, because I think you could say, all right, well, I want that to be the rule. Mm-hmm. And while I would disagree with you, OK, that's good for you. you that's what you want. But he is he, in the interview. He goes on to say pretty specifically that he objects to the idea of um, of uh, of executive power. As you would expect. However, he'd be willing to use it even if he thought it was unconstitutional to force action by other branches of government. I mean, that is a bizarre stance, for, 
especially from a libertarian. Mm-hmm. I could see a Republican making me uncomfortable with that sort of stance. You know what? We're going to do it, and we're going to make them react. That is an to say that you would you would be interested in executive action to force Congress to act so they didn't have to deal with your executive action. It, that's Obama esque. That's a Democrat position. I would be uncomfortable with it from a Republican. It is alien from a, a libertarian. Yeah, alien. He's just not. A he's just not a libertarian. Triple he's just a bad except Republican. Except in his marijuana stance. He's right. super libertarian on that. More patents to it coming up. So. I mean, even Rand Paul doesn't. He doesn't lead with the marijuana thing. That's not even the top 10 things he talks about. I know. Uh, look at that. Agonizing. Bizarre. Agonizing. Very bizarre. But. Back. Let's uh, finish it up with one last phone call here. Uh, Cole in Delaware, welcome uh, to the Patents Two Show. Hey, thanks, guys. Hey, um, appreciate you taking the call. Actually, just listen to all the other phone callers. Obviously, just re- reaffirms what a lost opportunity Ted Cruz, you uh, know, is or was. It hurts. Yep. Not the yep. future, though. It hurts. But yep. uh, we were just laughing as your earlier segment about Trump and so forth. We're all stuck in the same position, obviously. Um, anxietized, frankly, not even just like joking around at parties, but true anxiety about what to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, with yeah, between oh, yeah. Trump and Clinton. But we just thought it'd be kind of fun to prove a point. And since your earlier segment on the radio show about Milo and his Breitbart, who should be sued for even calling themselves Breitbart, mm-hmm. but um, uh, we could make a uh, bumper sticker, maybe market it through the blaze. Trump because Hillary sucks even more. <laughs> and we need Pat to advertise it, because Pat's promo, where that, this guy sucks, we've listened to that 500 times, and we still laugh with your Pat. You just have such a way, and a passionate way, of getting that point across. Yeah. You'd be a great spokesman for that uh, bumper sticker, so well, we just thought it'd be kind of fun to well, do. Well, thank you, Cole. It, it truly comes from the heart. It does. So, it does know. suck. Uh, uh, Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Right. Thanks a lot. Thank Appreciate you. it. It's, it's, yeah, that's interesting because I mean, I think a lot of people are there. I think a lot of people are. Uh, that bumper sticker probably describes <laughs> half our audience <laughs> right now, at least. Um, and you know, so I understand at that. Uh, I, but again, I, I, it's interesting because I haven't heard anybody come up with an idea of what we should do differently. I'm not saying what you're going to do. What should we do differently on the show, for example, um, uh, that would make people happy who are voting for Trump and are upset at us? There's nothing. There's nothing, right? right? There's there's nothing we can do. I got to put it out on the the Twitters. On the Twitters? On the Twitters. It's like part of the Cybers. What about the Cybers? It's part of the cyber. They're related. Okay. So Basically, cyber, cyber warfare is... is it, does it have anything uh, to do with the nuclear, though? The big, important, powerful nuclear? No, 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 not at all. But they, that is big and powerful important. What, what cyber warfare is, is when someone tweets at you, and then you tweet back something really nasty, oh, like hashtag burn. Yeah. That's cyber warfare. we got to do something. That's big. It. We have to do something about that.
Hey, you know what happens this weekend, of course. Everybody's talking about it. BYU-Utah, the Holy War. It's back. This time, it's pissed off. A little early this year. Very early, but at least it's on the schedule. You know, because for the last two regular seasons, hasn't been. They had to play oh, really? a bowl game last year. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. But, uh, uh, it's back. Surprising. I, I know, know you've I know you been looking forward to it for a long time. Such a big piece of news. It's <laughs> weird that I wouldn't know it. But, it is. Uh, yeah, I right? Know that. I'm really surprised, too. Yeah. I'm really surprised. So are they going to win? I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you always say that, but, uh, but of course do you believe it? Of course. Yes, I believe it. I'm a tad nervous because I always am. And then the other thing is, you know... The, uh, you guys know about Taysom Hill, right? The the quarterback that they had, who was a Heisman Trophy Don't candidate last yourself, year. But I think you're talking down We're, to of us. course. I'm sorry. Yeah, he got hurt a couple times. He got a hurt. Yeah. He's he's been he's he's had season-ending injuries three three times, three out of four seasons. So he was granted an exception, a medical exception, to come back for his fifth uh, senior season. His fifth year, he's a five-year senior or whatever they call that. And uh, so last year he broke his foot in the first game. Couldn't play the whole season. So, but the kid's dynamic. He's he he's a great running quarterback, but he can also throw. They're not having him run at all. I mean, he, he just drops back to pass and dinks and dunks down the field. And if you're going to do that, play the other guy because the other guy has shown all through last season that uh, he's a better passer. So I'm a little nervous about that. And I know you're concerned. So you're worried that they are, because of his injury history, they're not letting him yeah. run at all. Yeah. And, well, they changed the offense a little bit, too, because they stopped this go fast, go hard, no huddle thing and went back to sanity. Which oh, is, so they were doing like a Chip Kelly, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, all. and it just didn't work for BYU. That's yeah. not what they do. And so they changed that, went back to that. So that it's altered things a little bit, but I still thought, you know, you take advantage of the guy's skill set, right? Right. He can run, he can throw, too, but... He's super dangerous because he can take off and and go 60 yards at any time. Well, it seems too if you have a legitimate backup, you know, if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. It's on him, you know. I that's mean, what happens, I think right? too, and I'm yeah, sure that's what that's he what would say as well. Let him go. Yeah, that's interesting. Let him go, but so nervous. Well, I'm nervous. sure that's going to be uh, covered. We should probably rant about it because it's going to be covered in this clip from uh, Glenn and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I bet they. Is this what they were going on? Yeah, they were talking about going over last night. He wrote, uh, "Unmistakable, (laughs) why only better? uh, Why only is better than best?" Um, Now it seems like that wouldn't have anything to do with with BYU football. Um, However, except they're the best, and maybe right. So maybe maybe that's the tie-in here. Maybe that's the tie. Um, They uh, they talked about it kind of you know, growing up in a world in which BYU is altering its offense in in a bad way. I'm pretty sure that's covered in here. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll see. Here they are. Politicians right now yeah. are, are not telling the American people the truth, the world the truth. 50% unemployment rate will, will come. It's yeah. coming. Because everything is changing. And we've gone through this before. We've gone through this several times before yeah. in the last 150 years alone. And people are afraid of it because people generally don't like change um, but it's it's inevitable mm-hmm. and good how should we be in my case let's talk two ways yeah. in my case with my kids what should I be telling them to do how can I help them um, prepare mm-hmm. and then also as an entrepreneur 
Yeah. What's the best advice you've heard on this? So, and what's in the book? There, there's a lot of things. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk briefly about what's in the book in a second. But I mean, as far as kids go, I think kids need to be given the opportunity for self-expression. We need to put them in situations in which they're not just, you know, listening to information and regurgitating it, but actually learning it in a way that allows them to express what they have learned. And the really neat thing is kids growing up today have a much bigger advantage than you and I did growing up. I mean, can you imagine? No. Can you imagine? If I you... used to read the encyclopedia. Yeah. I mean, that was my source of exciting information. The frickin' encyclopedia. Well, not just information, but I mean, you, I remember from our very first conversation, you would sit around and listen to old radio records radio when you were a kid. Yeah. Imagine if you, at the age of 10, had the opportunity not to listen but to contribute. Oh, I know. Which kids nowadays do. I do. mean, there's kids with YouTube channels I that know. have probably bigger audiences than you and I combined. I know. Which is amazing. Uh, so I, I think really for kids, there should be you know, an opportunity for self-expression. Like we just have to make creativity as important as we do all of these other things. For entrepreneurs- Hang on just a second. Yes. But the establishment of the world yeah. is pushing harder than ever before to put you in a box. Yeah. So. The real question is, are you going to let the establishment dictate every choice you make? So let's look at, the, look at it this way. There are going to be certain things that you have to do, and you have to play within the rules to some degree. Like, I don't get to you know, go out into the world and just behave ridiculously because there are laws. There are things that are designed to keep, prevent anarchy because that's what we would have if people just went completely crazy. So obviously, you have certain boundaries that have to be taken into consideration. But the thing that nobody realizes is that many of the things within those boundaries are actually yours to change. So one very ridiculously simple example, most people don't ever change the ring on their iPhone. Like millions. That's a small choice that you actually have to be able to change. Imagine if you don't pay attention to something that small, how many other hundreds of choices are you not questioning in your life on a daily basis? I go back and forth with this. Yeah. I am, I'm, I'm a clothes horse. I know it doesn't look like it now, but I'm a clothes horse. and. Um, and my wife has come in as I will stand with, you know, 200 shirts <laughs> and she will go, you got to get, you got to narrow this down. And I will, uh, and I spend, I know again, it doesn't look like it now, but I spend time and I have been pondering Steve Jobs. Yeah. Steve did exactly the opposite. And he said, I don't have to make that choice. And it frees me up. It frees me to think of other importance. So I don't have to think about my ringtone. I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear tomorrow. Sure. Jay Leno does the same thing. He wears the same, he's got a uniform. Yeah. He wears the same outfit every day. He eats the same lunch. He eats the same breakfast every single day. Doesn't think about it. Oh, I wear the same black shirt every day, except for days like this. Really? Yeah, I do. I, I, I read an article about that and I thought, there are a lot of other decisions that I need to make on a daily basis right. that I feel are much higher value. Right. That being said, I mean, that's a simple example mm -hmm. of things that people don't question. But then there are big ones that you just simply accept at face value. It's like, this is the path that you're supposed to follow. So, you know, we've done 700 interviews at this point of people from every walk of life imaginable. You know, you can't imagine that somebody who spent seven years in prison as a bank robber would end up being a consultant for Orange is the New Black. That's not... And what I have found consistently is that the trajectory of people who actually end up doing things that are unmistakable, of doing things in this world that are of great significance, is almost never linear. It's not part of some predetermined plan or prescripted plan that somebody handed to them and said, this is how you get to where you want to go. No. And even if they're... You can't be unmistakable yeah. if 
if it's a plan from well, somebody exactly. else. Exactly. It's it at, might be your plan, right? But at best, you're going to replicate the result that they've created. Yes. Tell me quickly the um, uh, how you've incorporated uh, surfing. Yeah. So. I mean, as you know from our, our last conversation, surfing is this huge part of my life. I mean, I'm here with my business partner and my best friend who I met surfing as a byproduct of our last conversation. Because um, you didn't know me. Did he know me? or He, he did. He off? actually did. You actually, okay. He knew you. Because you were afraid to come on the first time. You were like, okay, well, I, dude, I, this I saw guy. the reaction from my, in my community, and I thought, wow. And then I did a few Google searches. I was like, man, a lot of people hate this guy. Yeah. But It's even more so now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the other thing I, I realized, this is what I figured out. I said, you know what? Clearly, we agree on something. Yeah. And in that... Because I wrote, I think I wrote you, which is yeah. rare for me to do. I wrote you directly. I, and I thought, you know what? If we agree on something, that's fine. Let's talk about the thing that we agree on yeah. because that's a value. There's no reason for us to talk about the things that right. we don't agree on. Right. It's not, you know, of great value necessarily. Mm -hmm. But as far as the surfing metaphor goes, so... Surfing, I think, really parallels life in so many different ways. It parallels any hero's journey. So, you know, the first thing that you experience is the paddle out. Like, you're standing on shore, thinking about going into the water, and you have to paddle out. Sometimes you'll have obstacles in your way, other surfers, rocks, just depends. Um, then you have what's called the lineup, which we, you know, are the other surfers in the water. And that basically is a metaphor for competition, because inevitably you're going to face competition should you decide to go out and create something, start a business, uh, pursue any sort of unmistakable journey. And then, you know, you go into something called the drop. So the drop is what is this liminal moment between when you paddle for a wave and when you finally push yourself up on the board. And the drop is really all about risk and commitment. If you hesitate on the drop, it, you will fall. And not only that, if you hesitate and fall, it's ten times worse than if you go for it with everything you have and still fall. For some mm. reason, the fall is ten times worse when you hesitate. You actually drastically increase the risk of injury. Wow. And so the thing is, it requires being committed to it to that right from the outset and the bigger the wave the more committed you have to be right from the outset so you know we looked at a lot of different examples that is fantastic how nature yeah is through everything because that is i i think it of myself yeah it, it, in my own business if you're going to do it uh, we've always said you're going to you're going to go out go big yeah go big just you have to commit to it otherwise you're just Hammered. I didn't know that in surfing. It's yeah, fantastic. yeah. And you look at you know sort of uh, examples that we've incorporated in the book. So you know we looked at the example of Pixar for uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Pixar, when they started out, was not a company that made feature-length animated films. They made image computers that allowed people to make right. these uh, feature-length animated films. Between when they decided that they were going to go all in and make these feature-length animated films until they became sort of known for being the blockbuster producer, mm -hmm. it was a twenty-year time frame. 20 years, and in, in that time, they almost went out of business multiple times. I mean, they, they were, the reason they actually stopped selling those hardware computers was because they were so far in the red. Ed Catamull talks about this in his book. Uh, so, you know, we've looked at that. Then there's a woman named Kimberly Bryant who runs an organization called Black Girls Code. And I think her, if I remember correctly, the mission is to have a million young girls coding by the year 2020. That's the commitment of a lifetime mm -hmm. if you're going to do that kind of work. And so that's why I say the bigger the wave, the steeper the drop, and the more intense the commitment has to be. Uh, 
then you have what is basically known as the impact zone. And the impact zone is where surfers are basically taking wave after wave after wave after wave on the head, and it seems like it's never going to end, it seems like you're never going to come up for air, and every time you do, another wave is coming, you think you're going to drown, you think you're going to die. <laughs> and it really, I think it made a fitting metaphor for the most difficult and sort of challenging chapters of our lives, because shortly, I think, after you and I met in the summer of 2014, we were in one of the worst periods we've ever been in as a business. I, I mean, things were just falling apart. We were losing thousands of dollars. Um, but, and I'm guessing you've probably found this to be true in your life, but what I've seen over and over again is that that really, really dark period in anybody's life is usually the pathway to greater levels of significance and meaning for what they are destined to do it next. It sharpens the blade. Yeah. And there's no way you can prepare for it. There's nothing you can do to prepare for it other than experience it so that the next time you're there, it doesn't yeah. sting Sharpen as much. and continue to move forward or exactly. you're done. Yeah. Yeah. And then that takes us into you know, what they call the stoke, which is why we all surf. Is it's this feeling that you get when you get out of the water. Uh, you know, I think that feeling is largely what my book, last book was really about. Uh, but that's this feeling that you know, I do this because of above all things just how I feel right in this moment like you know time ceases to, to exist uh, you know it, like action and awareness merge you see pelicans gliding across the water every wave every detail is just heightened and it's just pure bliss there's nothing like it and I think that's why people who create things people who make things don't stop like you know chances are if you wanted to, to tomorrow you mm -hmm. can say you know what I'm going to shut the whole thing down and go but part of why you probably do this is there's a great joy that comes from the process itself. I've said itself. it so many times that I could shut it all down and go live happily for the rest of my life. And my wife says to me all the time, no, you won't. No, you won't. You, you, will, you will drive yourself out of your mind within three days. Because yeah. I... I it's the stoke, I remember the stoke. Well, human beings are meant to grow and evolve. We're not meant to reach some sort of static point. And you know, I think that's what's sort of interesting about the linear path. We think we're yeah. going to reach some sort of plateau where, okay, this is it. I've no, now then you're higher at this and you location. See, oh my gosh, that mountaintop is so, better. So, you know, Ed Helms, uh, the actor who was in the Hangover movies, he said, I quoted him in the book as well, his life is a series of false horizons. And that always stayed with me because Every time you think you've reached the next pinnacle, there's something else. So what am I going to do tomorrow after chatting with you? I'm going to start working on an outline for the second book. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Good to see you again. Yeah, it's good, good, to, to, good to be here. Yeah. Uh, the name of the book is uh, Why Only is Better Than Best, uh, Unmistakable. Srini Rao. Um, grab it. It's a great book. Um, you still doing the podcast? We are. Yeah, we're, I think we're probably at about 700 episodes now. Who's the most interesting person you've interviewed? Oof, in the last year, that's, that's always a tough one because there have been so many. Uh, let's see. I mean, there's been the guy who walked a dog across America. There's been the <laughs> bank robber. Um, we had another guy who spent 19 years in San Quentin. I don't know why people who went to prison have fascinating stories. I uh, bet they do. My, my old mentor, Greg Hartle, who I know you've met before, yeah. um, just an amazing... Uh, human How's being. he feeling? He's okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Unmistakable. Grab it. Trini, thanks. Thanks.
All right. You know, Glenn was waiting for him to say, "Well, you, Glenn, well, you're yeah. the most, you're the most incredible person I've talked to." <laughs> you know, he's instead, over that. <laughs> 19 didn't years in San Quentin, and the guy who walked back. his dog. Okay. Well, all right. Well, it's great to have you here, Shreeny. Bye bye. Yeah, here's the new book. I'm mistaken. It was the old book. Uh, <laughs> all right. Would you switch phone companies? If you knew your current carrier was uh, using your money to fund Hillary Clinton's campaign <laughs> or restrict your Second Amendment rights. Yes. Or how about promo- promote abortion through organizations like Planned Parenthood? Here's a clue. It's happening. Yeah. No, no, really, no matter who your carrier is right now, it's happening. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, it, it, a lot of this is happening with some of the big ones. I know there's one particular carrier uh, that is donating tens of millions of mm-hmm. dollars uh, to try to remove conservative leaders from office, to f- fight for crazy liberal issues. Mm. I, and it goes further than you'd expect. I mean, yeah. w- when we first learned about this, we were stunned, I, I would say. Well, I, I wasn't surprised it was happening so much as the amounts Amount. of money yeah. involved. Yeah. It's it was- unbelievable. So now what? What do you do? Nothing? You just accept, okay, well, that's the cost of owning a phone, I guess. Or do you take some action? Because the great thing is you have an alternative right now, and it's called Patriot Mobile. Yeah, Patriot Mobile has all the stuff you want. It's got the nationwide talk and text. It's got high-speed 4G LTE data. It's got competitive prices. It's also got, however, something that the others don't. They donate up to 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice. So it's not just some random group that you might not like. You get to actually pick the organization that gets your cash, and that... I mean, that's, you know, what you would want in a situation like this. Yeah, but it's not just a cause. You get all the same quality service. You get the latest and greatest phones, including iPhone and Samsung, and a mobile phone company that supports the conservative values you believe in. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. Or call them 877-367-7524. 877-367-7524. Make it your last call from your current provider. Do it now. You know what happened? Uh, And I'm willing to hang out in the office with uh, Roger Ailes for this to happen to me. No. Oh my gosh. That's a good way yes. to go. I don't think this is that's a good, not a good That's not a good no. road, is it? That's not a good road. Um, but it's different. It's different. It's for different a for a guy. It's so different for a guy. Um, but Fox News has reportedly settled with former anchor and alleged sexual harassment victim. Almost, it, I mean, this I is say, almost an admission. It's, I wouldn't say it's, it's almost alleged. beyond alleged, yeah, right? Because they have admitted it. With the statement, do you have the statement they made? Uh, we all sat around looking at the statement thinking, holy crap, that's... Yeah. yeah. They, me, uh, they just called it a fact. Distract the yeah. audience for a minute and I'll right. Google it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, they, they're giving Gretchen Carlson $20 million to settle this thing. We sincerely regret and oh, yeah. apologize for the fact that Gretchen for was not the treated... Fact. That Gretchen was not treated with the respect and dignity that she and all of her colleagues deserve. And the, and the rest of the statement. Now, Fox News does not do wow. this when you piss them no. off. At least they didn't when Roger I was there. guarantee you <laughs> this is not typical of Fox News when you piss them off. They will come at you uh, with machetes. And that's their friends. 
They use the bigger weapons on people they really. I don't mean, but that's like. Roger Ailes, right? Yeah, that's that's Ailes yeah. and uh, some other people there. But yeah, it's but they were not Ailes pretty. People, right? Yeah, they were they, Ailes. They were Ailes. You know, people. that's the way the place operated for a very long time. So and, for and, them and to say this about reason, her, it's crazy. And, and that the way they operated was part of the reason for their success, uh, right. probably. Um, uh, however, you know, it's, you know, it's it created some tough situations. And now, separately from that, is this is sexual harassment situation. Um, here's the full statement. 21st Century Fox is pleased to announce it has um, settled Gretchen Carlson, Carlson's lawsuit. During her tenure at Fox News, Gretchen exhibited the highest standards of journalism and professionalism. Um, <laughs> uh, she developed a loyal audience which was a, and was a daily source of information for many Americans. We are proud that she was part of the Fox News team. We sincerely regret wow. and apologize for the fact that Gretchen was not treated with respect and dignity that she and all of our colleagues deserve. I would say $20 million for Gretchen Carlson was probably 10 years of salary. Would you? Maybe more. I mean, maybe, I, you know, maybe even more. Uh, maybe maybe she, was meant, she, she was hosting Fox and Friends. Yeah, Fox and Friends. This is probably a $2 million, million a year job. Maybe. One and a half, two yeah, in that probably neighborhood. Right around there. So it's probably a 10 year paycheck for her. Now, I will say she uh, already has lots of money. Uh, her her husband is incredibly right. yeah. wealthy. Uh, yeah. So, you know. I mean, they're doing okay. They're, it they wasn't about wonder. that, I don't think, for them. Uh, no. You know? I mean, look, you know. But that didn't hurt. It's it's nice. It didn't hurt. Right, look, you know, I I don't think, uh, you know, it's 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 difficult to talk about in those terms. But twenty million dollars is one of the largest sexual harassment settlements of all time. Um, and you know, wow. you look at at the is case really? that at least has been presented, and there may be things we don't know. Well, um, one of the things is, and we've talked about this, I think, um, but she supposedly had a year's worth of conversations with Ailes on tape, on tape. that she had recorded. Now, when you go into Roger Ailes' office, you don't usually go in with a cell phone. So I'm not sure how she did this. I'm not sure how she recorded the conversations, but she was brave to do that because it it, it can be dangerous. He would not appreciate that. <laughs> no! <laughs> he would not. No. He wouldn't be happy with that if he knew that you were taping his conversation. Um, so it's, I mean, it's fascinating. It, it's really fascinating. Fox is so, and we've talked about this before too. Fox is so anal about things that uh, we all had to have passes when we came over. Now, Glenn worked there. We all worked there on a regular basis with him because we were writing the show and all However, of that. Glenn was the only employee of Fox. But he was the only so employee. So we were all paid through Glenn's company. And they, you guys all got initial passes or whatever. Yep. I came later, like six months into the thing so it was harder for me to get the permanent pass in fact it was impossible i had to go in yeah. there and check in every stinking day to the point where it got to be such a hassle that i just i stopped going over there anything i would write i would just write early and send or or you know send it to them when they were over there or whatever the deal was but fox is that I mean, we're on Glenn's staff. We couldn't get into the place. And that's not it. That's not them being anal. That's them not. Them, that's them wanting to torture Glenn. Um, <laughs> that's not Which the, they did like to do. Yes, they did like to do. And that was one of the one of the issues when we were at Fox. And this is not something Glenn. Uh, we're not telling you any secrets here. Glenn's talked about this publicly, but he wanted to maintain a separate mm. sort of culture. So one of his big um, ideas was mm. that we would do most of the work for the Fox show at 
our building, our our offices. At the radio um, facility. At the radio facility. Which was and three then blocks away. Walk over at the last minute and do the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had the TV employees from Fox News over in our building. That was never something Fox was happy about. Um, so uh, that was one of the issues is they would just make it difficult uh, for, you know. For all that to and happen. It, they made, it, because it wasn't part of the initial agreement with Pat, because Pat wasn't there at the time, yeah. they were able to hold that back and I think just try to needle Glenn a little bit, which is, it's a weird working environment over there. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, it's not just, uh, it, there's a lot of people like this uh, over at Fox where it just, it has that sort of competitive thing where everyone's sort of, it's not like that, like, hey, everyone's working together. We're all going for the same thing here. It's very, it's a weird environment to work in um, where CNN, because we also worked at CNN, was a much different culture. It was much less uh, entrepreneurial. Like you, it was a lot less of you just doing your thing at all hours of the night. A lot more of like mm-hmm. nice, cushy, uh, you know, awesome. Remember how awesome the freaking uh, the the deli was over there, the cafeteria. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. I loved it there. It was. I mean, and you know, it was one of those things where like every employee had like tons of vacation. I mean, they were really, you know, luxurious with their benefits. And I don't know how much you know. It was, you know, that's the way the the two cultures operate. And I think you'd argue probably has part of the reason, at least, that Fox has been so successful. I mean, that sort of like, holy crap, I might get fired tomorrow attitude sometimes induces you to to Mm -hmm. work a little harder and maybe be a little... Uh, it's one way to go. Complacent. I mean, I, um, but it doesn't I, make I like the positive reinforcement yeah. better. Yeah, me too. And I and I think for me that works better. But that's not what they're into at Fox, or no. at least under Roger, they weren't. It's kind of interesting because uh, in addition to Gretchen getting the payout, uh, Greta Van Susteren just left, and her husband's kind of hinting that there might be legal action from right. her too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When she came to Roger Ailes. Uh, side and said, no, no, he's not like that. He doesn't do that. And now he's sort of hinting that maybe he did. She used a key man clause, meaning that since Roger's not there and he's a key man in the operation, she can leave. Uh, So apparently her husband, whose name is uh, John Cole, uh, was pressed by the Times on why his wife chose to invoke the clause. And he said there's more going on at the network than meets the eye, adding he didn't want to go into it too much because there might be litigation in the future on the matter. So that of course, kind everybody, of everybody like wants it. their piece of the pie now. But they yeah. said this report here talks about. Uh, well, but it also might be true. Oh, yes, absolutely. You know? More than 20 women have reportedly spoke with lawyers about inappropriate behavior by Ailes. Oh, man. And I now, don't know that Gretchen is oof. one of them. No, the I don't think so either. I, I think and, she's sitting here and suing I, for other and reasons. And I think that uh, a person, according to this story, a handful of other women uh, have reached settlement deals less than Carlson. No, Carlson uh, we heard both. three this morning on right. one of the broad. That's four total, I guess, so right? That's a handful? Yeah, so I guess five, uh, maybe so more in there. They had to give Ailes $40 million to leave. They just gave Gretchen $20 million more. That's sixty million right there. The three others, who knows how much? I mean, it's amazing. This is costing them a fortune, a fortune to settle this mess. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. I mean, you know, we'll come back in a second, but it's like you know, it's difficult because here you go with a billion and a half dollars in profit a year, 
And I think uh-huh. they might look at this as uh, just a cost of doing business, which is a really dark way of looking at things. But I mean, when you're a big company like this, yeah, you know, they they might think they're getting off easy with some of these. Uh, but if there's a mass exodus, that's going to cut into the profit margin a lot. Uh, yep. More Triple eight, seven twenty-seven back. Yep. Yeah. Back in a second. Wow. Man, I want to be in that So Mental floss. Uh, as we promised yesterday, because we love, for whatever reason, skyscrapers. We love cityscapes. We love the skyline. We do. We, we like big buildings. And I, I don't know why, but we do share that in common. Someone, Everybody on the show. Uh, recently was telling me about a, um, uh, or I posted it online, I was reading a story about it, was uh, a skyscraper museum in New York City. So, oh, really? Like, all the history, all the big skyscrapers from around the world. All the years uh, we were there, we didn't ever... I don't know if it was even open then. I, I think huh. I mean, it might be new, but it seemed like it would be pretty awesome yeah. for us, at least. Next time we're there, we got to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so here's some cool stories behind uh, these famous buildings. And one is the gherkin in London. They call, they call it that because it's shaped like a pickle, you know, a gherkin pickle. Uh, 30 St. Mary Axe was dreamed up after a 1992 explosion in, in London's financial district destroyed the Baltic Exchange building. Plans for the original design, the much taller millennial t- Millennium Tower, were scrapped because they were afraid uh, it might affect air traffic into Heathrow and the sight lines of St. Paul's Dome. Turns out that the pickled inspiration was a winner. When the cylindrical building opened in 2004, it gained quick notoriety and was soon used as a symbol for London on bid posters for the 2012 Olympic Games. And they won it. They won the bid. Hmm. So, uh, But the Willis Tower in Chicago, cool. um, and, and look, the Willis Tower in Chicago uh, is, is used to be the cool. Sears Tower, right? Isn't right, that what that's they, the same one, right? I think so. Yeah, I think it's the Sears. Uh, yeah, uh, in 1969, the world's largest retailer, Sears Roebuck and Company, decided yeah. they needed an office space for their 350,000 employees. Jeez. Holy crap! Wow. 2,000 workers, um, and four years later, um, they used enough concrete to build an eight-lane, five-mile highway, and you got a 110-story Sears Tower. 1988, Sears moved out of the building. 21 years later, it was renamed the Willis Tower after global insurance broker Willis Group or Willis Group's holding. I didn't, I know, I never knew why it was the Willis Tower. Yeah. Um, but there you go. As a memorable finishing touch, 12,000 construction workers, Chicagoans, and Sears employees signed the building's final, uh, final beam. I will say this: uh, it's the freaking Sears Tower still. Sorry. Yeah. To me, that it'll always it'll be. It'll always that. be the Sears Tower. It's yeah. like it'll always forever. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's, you know. it's like if they changed the Empire State Building's name now. It's still the Empire. It's still the Empire State Building. You can call it whatever you want. Call up the Phil, Phillips Building or whatever. What do they call the Chrysler Building now? Because it's not. It's not that anymore, is it? I thought it still was called the Chrysler Building. Right? Yeah, maybe. I will, like, but it's even even the stadiums I have issues with. Like, it's Giant Stadium. It's not MetLife Stadium. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> and, I really hate and that. And that happens really Come fast because oh, it was Enron Field and yeah, then it was Minute right. Maid Field, right? Is it still Minute Maid Park yeah, or Field I or whatever it is? I think it is. Um, yeah. But that happened fast. 
Uh, sure did. And then you got uh, the Trop. Yeah, Tropicana. Tropicana, which I always used to think was actually done by Minute Maid to try to trash Tropicana, uh, Tropicana's business. <laughs> like they just they named it their competition because the stadium sucks so bad. <laughs> does the stadium suck? I, no, it does I, not. I say that as a joke. I know. My yeah, personal opinion, which is not the popular one, is I actually kind of like it. I do too. Um, you know, it's 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 a it's a old school like concrete dome. So it's not it's not like the new parks that is really yeah. really fancy. But I don't know. I always liked watching. I baseball loved there. watching by baseball myself there. most of the time. <laughs> There's about eight people there. When I, I loved there. watching baseball there. And the reason that they hate it so much is because they built it like they built it. You know, you can still the ball can hit the dome during during well, I like that. play and stuff. I do too. I like that. I think the issue though, it just just doesn't have all the fancy. You know, it doesn't have that vibe of a baseball stadium. It feels like you're in a dome. But I mean, you know, as a Blue Jays mm. fan, the Sky Dome. Uh, which is now where the uh, Rogers Center is very much like that. I got news for you. That's what they're trying to build over here, uh, not far from this building that we're in, because they built one without a dome. And when you're sitting out there in 120 degree heat right. in the middle of the summer, you're going, you know, right. maybe that dome with the with the metal bar across the middle wouldn't be a bad it's idea. It's a lot more enjoyable to watch a game. Not to mention there's oh, rain every man. three hours. Right. In, in, when we go down Tampa. to Houston, we're always praying the dome's going to be closed and it'll be air conditioned, and it almost always is because it's always it's always needed. Hideously humid and hot <laughs> yeah. in Houston, and when you go there and you're sitting at Minute Maid Park, and then the sun's beating down on you, it is so unbearable. You don't want to be there. <laughs> And I think they understand that. They didn't at first. They always wanted the dome open. We want the dome up, and the Astros play better when the dome is open. Shut up! <laughs> shut up! <laughs> I want to enjoy the game. Close the damn dome. Keep it closed. And they later, it'll turn, And they, and they do now. And so it, it's so much better. Oh, you're right. The Chrysler Building, New York City. Still oh. a Chrysler Building, mm-hmm. apparently. A mere 11 months after it gained the title of the tallest building in the world in 1930, Thanks to the last-minute addition of a 186-foot spire, the uh, this Art Deco wonder surrendered its title to the Empire State Building. Uh, but it's long been known. It, I, I really think this is a cool building. I love it's a the cooler building. building. Uh, it is a cooler building, building than the Empire. It is certainly the Twin Towers that used to be there. Obviously, oh I mean, yes. And Donald Trump uh, was very uh, wanted to buy it, didn't he? Well, no, he he hated the building apparently. Oh, did he? And called it ugly, like on September. The Chrysler 12th. building? No, no, no. Oh, uh, the World, World Trade World, Center. Trade Center. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, they were yeah, like, yeah. you know, the rubble's still like smoldering, and he's like, "Oh, it's an ugly <laughs> building." I mean, you know. <laughs> oh, but um, such an idiot. Yeah, I mean, but I, I mean, I don't think there was ever an architectural love for the no. Twin Towers. It was a cool no. feature in and, the in the right. skyline because they were so tall and there was two yeah. of them. And classic but, New Yorkers yeah, they, never really liked it yeah, because it a, of that because it just was, looked hideous. And all that stuff from that era. I mean, you know. They has, were not good looking buildings. Yeah, they were a lot of concrete used. You know, the stadiums of that era the same way. They yeah. were not nice. They were not fancy. It was just like very utilitarian. Yeah. Um, so people weren't like in love with that building per se. Um until obviously the tragedy, and then everyone, you know, I mean, then you know, it has a whole new meaning, obviously. And now, when you don't see it in the skyline, you miss it a lot. Oh my god, because I mean, lot. after for a while, when there, I see too, it in movies now, oh, it's like oh, it, it brings tears to your eyes. Yes, yeah. oh, for, for a while there, right after the uh, after the um, you know, they fell, the movies were coming out, the New York movies would come right. out, and they still have them in there, all had them in, and it was just like, oh god, I mean, because mm-hmm. you all, everyone sat there and watched that happen, uh, and it was you know, just. Uh, 
unbearable, really, to do. The Chrysler yeah. building, however, is a, is a much nicer building than anything else there. Well, it's been known as one of the world's prettiest yeah. structures. Yeah. It, it, it's awesome. It, it's a nice piece of architecture. Yeah. Um, the design already featured a multi-story section of glass corners and stainless steel crown. But uh, Walter P. Chrysler requested the addition of the eagle, eagle-esque gargoyles uh, that are designed kind of like a hood ornament on a Chrysler car. So, very cool building. Now, the Twin Towers in New York were 110 stories, I believe. Yes. Um, the Petronas Twin Towers are now the largest Twin Towers standing, 88 floors each, completed in 1996. Uh, took only three years, and that's what happens when you don't build things in the United States. Um, <laughs> just, I mean, it's, these are really nice-looking buildings. Um, uh, they uh, steel and glass facade created to reflect yeah. elements around uh, found in Islamic art while the sky bridge between the two towers 41st and 42nd floors was crafted with safety in mind it's not bolted to the main structure but rather designed to be able to slide in and out of the buildings to keep it from snapping during high winds wow. which is a pretty cool idea and, um, and, and so cool I, I think those are great looking towers don't you? Yeah, really cool. I think really great. Now, was that the t- t- did that have the title for the tallest building? I think they're for tallest. Time? Yeah, until uh, until, until Dubai. Dubai. Yeah, yeah. They they might be eighty eight stories, but they're actually higher. So the the floors are apparently taller than the floors in yeah. It's a cool Empire building. State Building or the Sears Tower or whatever. Uh, then there's the Empire State Building. For four decades, the uh, Manhattan skyscraper held the title tallest building in the world. But the $41 million structure, keep in mind it was built in 1933, featured in movies, well, 1930, I guess, featured in movies like King Kong, Sleepless in Seattle, also scored another record. It was built in just one year, 45 days, the quickest for a building of its size. Each week, 3,000 workers erected four and a half new floors. That is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, they, that, that was the big the big story that the yeah. steel was still hot, right? Right. Glenn loves to right. tell that story. Yeah. It's hard to believe that it went from Pittsburgh to New York and uh, was still hot when they sat on it. I kind of believe that might be urban legend. It does kind of sound like does, it. It feels but like urban it, legend to me. It could still be warm. Yeah. Theory. Uh, yeah, well, that. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Taipei 101. I think Taipei 101 may have had the uh, uh, the biggest. It was 1.8 billion dollars. Uh, opened Oof. in 2004. Um, you kind of see it here. It's not. I mean, it's not my favorite looking building, although it obviously has the uh, culture uh, kind of down in the area. Yeah, don't take that one. Um, fastest passenger elevator, though. Uh, after you get on the fifth floor, you go from the fifth floor to the 89th floor in 37 seconds. That's wow. doing some distance. That's pretty fast. Um, yeah, but it's a nice, wow. uh, nice. Of course, kind of cool. Yep. Uh, the CN Tower in Toronto, ah. in a bid to demonstrate the strength of uh, Canadian industry. It's home country. Uh, Canadian National, which is a railway company, set out to build the ta- tallest tower. For 40 months, 1,537 workers uh, worked 24 hours a day, five days a week. And they completed it in 1975. Mm. In 95, the American Society of Civil Engineers deemed it one of the seven wonders of the mo- modern world. Fifteen years later, its height was surpassed by China's Canton Tower. Um, let me show you something on this uh, particular. Can we uh, can we show this here? Do you? Uh, there you go. See, see right here. This is the CN Tower. This is this large structure right here, and then right down here is where America's team plays, the Toronto Blue Jays. Right here. Let's do this. That's the Rogers Center. It's Canadian team. It's interesting how nobody in would, America that cares about it. a Canadian it. Tower is yeah. where America's team plays. People no. don't know that. It's no, they really don't know that because it's I, not true. I went up there, actually, and um, what, uh, there's a couple cool things about this. First of all, like up in these levels uh, way up here, 
um, there, the glass is tilted like this. So when you're inside the structure, you're kind of like looking down, mm-hmm. like because it's which is really cool. And then they have um, a, a thing you can pay, buy that's an extra part of the tour or whatever. Like you know, you pay for it, obviously quite a bit. But they'll put <laughs> harnesses on you, and you can walk around the outside of the rim. Outside oh with no, just a harness. That gives me wa- the willies just to think of it. it. When you're at the games, if you look up, you just see people like walking oh around the gosh. edge of the thing. It's unbelievable. Oh, no, thank um, you. Yeah, I, don't, cool. I don't think I'd do that. No. I, I don't think I'd. I got a little tingly feeling. I mean, I might do it without yeah. the harness. You know, oh, you, you should yeah, totally sure you try it. You should totally sure you try would. it without the harness, right, right. Pat? Yes, yes, I think you should. Oh, wow, I'm encouraging You know that. what? We'll do that as a bit. <laughs> we'll pay for your ticket up there. Yeah. That'd be a great show thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, because I mean, you're so dedicated to the show. I will say this though: Toronto's a cool city. It's a it great, is. it's Toronto a cool a city with a great skyline. It's a great skyline. It's incredibly expensive uh, when you go up Unbelievable. there. Unbelievable! If you ever it's, watch, uh, um, you know HGTV, yeah, yeah. and they, and you see one of those house hunter things, yeah. or or the two brothers that are property guys or whatever. So they're, they're in Canada all the time. Yeah. So I think they live now in Vegas, but they're also in, in some of the old episodes or whatever are in Canada. And they will be showing people a thousand square feet or eleven hundred square feet. Eighteen million dollars. Two bedrooms, two bedrooms, one bath and a full eleven hundred square feet for just under one point two nine five million dollars. <laughs> like, what the hell? I know. What the it's hell? Amazing. Do you know what one point two nine five million will get you in Texas? Oh yes. my god, you're probably eight thousand square feet. You'll get a palace. Yeah. Um it's I get you eleven hundred square feet in Toronto. It's insane. The hotel prices <laughs> I, I, I are I think it's the worse roof. in New York, isn't yeah, it? Oh it is. It, it, it's worse at least in some ways. Like for example, the restaurants like you know, you know, I don't know. I'm at, like one of the first things I ever did when I got any amount of money in my life was to stop thinking about how much I spent at restaurants because I love yeah. restaurants me and too. it always put pressure on me. You're like, oh, I don't want to spend. And what, as soon as I had enough money to not care about spending five dollars on a meal versus fifteen or twenty dollars on a meal, or if I go out to a nice meal, maybe it's forty or fifty dollars for one person uh, at a steakhouse or something. That was one of the first things I really enjoyed about having any money in my life. Mm-hmm. You go to Toronto, and all of a sudden, it's back in your $800 life. $800 million. You're like, holy crap, how much did I just spend? I know. Everything I is know. so expensive, like a donut's like $18. <laughs> I was watching one episode a couple of weeks ago, and it was like, Bill and Susie Robertson have a budget, all-in budget of $18 million. <laughs> and you're thinking, wow, this That's is going to be, be awesome. one hell of an episode. Yeah. I think they bought a two-room apartment. <laughs> It was, <laughs> and they were over budget by the end. Yeah. We need to remodel. They decided to go over budget and spend nineteen point five. Real quick, we're going to have in just a minute a spoons episode that is Canada related. I oh, think wow. uh, we're going we're to try some Canadian okay. as a Canadian sports celebrity. Uh, I wanted to bring this to you guys, so we'll do that here in just a minute. Very nice. I also want to tell you about the Burj Khalifa real quick, because oh, this is the big, let's finish is it the up, big star, biggest in the world, two thousand seven hundred sixteen feet, more than twice the height. That. 
more than twice the height of the Empire State Building. I think it's almost two and a half times. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, I remember that when thing. this was it, first announced. It's a great building. We've too. been following, um, you know, tall building stories for so long that when they first announced this, I remember thinking they're not going to actually build that thing. Well, yeah, they did, and it has did. been up for a while. One point five billion dollars, which is nothing for a, bis- a bu- building that size. Um, <laughs> you can't even get a house in Toronto for that. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> All right, back in a second. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. By the way, the uh, ten thousand fireworks they set off from the tower on the grand opening. Wow. Back in a second. Really cool. Canadian sports celebrity. This is not going to be a surprise mm. to me, this segment, but for mm. these guys that don't really understand these things, uh, Ruffles has a new flavor out. It's called All Dressed, and it is apparently the number one flavor in Canada. Wow. What does it mean? Uh, uh, in Canada, All Dressed actually means delicious, r- delicious, ridgy chips that somehow taste salty, savory, and sweet all at the same time. That means it's dressed with all of those things yes. at once. All for right. Sure. Oh, the first. All right. The first sniff of a bag of chips is it really tells you quite a it bit. It was really important to Stu that we not even open no, it, so can't. we didn't get that I first know. smell. Oh. Okay, here we go. I'm trying these. Mmm. I like that. Oh yeah. These are good. It's I w- in the in the barbecue mm-hmm. realm, I would say. Mm-hmm. A little, almost like vinegar and salt and vinegar and barbecue. Say, a little hint of vinegar. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Yeah. These are really good. Yeah, Want to try them? One. Yeah, good. It's part of your job. It's the one time your job is to eat. I know, but I have a, an issue right now. Um, let's do the other one, too. Or are we not? Are we, we not doing the other one? one? No, I have a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is in the barbecue realm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you hear the, get you the like vinegar, him? though? It's right. not as barbecue-y, though. And, no, it is not. Uh, and I like the more subtle barbecue flavor. We also have the surprisingly vegetarian prime rib potato chips. Oh, huh. my God. That uh, is surprising. From uh, 7-Eleven. I would call that misnamed if you can eat these. Hmm. Not much on the flavor or the the uh, scent. Smell? No, it doesn't smell like prime rib. Does it taste like you remember? No. I don't, oh god, I don't like those. Um. Okay. I mean, I get it a little bit. Uh, a little bit. <clears throat> it's a weird. Be, yeah. It's a weird taste. Yeah. To me, like that's. Uh, I would not eat no. these necessarily ever again. Um, those I would definitely get, though. Yeah, these I would buy. These are good. The all dressed Canadian Jeffy, what do you think? Ones. Uh, I, I mean, like the ruffles better. I can't. We're not. Yeah. Here. We can't hear you right now. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the ruffles are a lot better than the prime rib. No, yeah. it's a Seven Eleven brand, but Seven Eleven is trying to do some new things. A lot of new snacks, kind of higher end snacks. Some of them are pretty good. I would I not do the don't. prime rib ones, though. I will say. No. All uh, dressed potato chips Very again. Good. Canada wins, just like they're going to do the World Series the prime this year. rib one, though, man. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. Just like 1992 and 93. 